Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who've carved out a great career in the sector, as well as talk to employees who champion diversity and gender equality. During Series 3, we are teaching women how to be bold and proud in pursuing their career ambitions by sharing top tips and expertise from individuals who champion equality and diversity in the workplace. Today, we're talking about how to benefit from the power of mentoring, whether you're a mentor or a mentee. We're going to be looking at all of those different aspects and how you might benefit from, as I say, being a mentor or indeed being mentored. My background in mentoring started in my last coaching business that I ran, where we ran a mentoring coaching skills course, upskilling young people to be effective mentors and coaches. And as we've developed Supermums, we've implemented that same mentoring journey with some of our trainees. We have a great pool of volunteers who come from the Salesforce Ohana. And when they join um, up to Supermums as a volunteer, we upskill them in a range of mentoring skills. And we designed a program based on ILM Level 2 Mentoring Skills Framework. And it's a great, sets out a great set of examples of all the things that you need to think about as a mentor. And I'm going to be going through some of those today. Now, a great mentoring relationship has to be two-way. It's not down to one person. So as I talk through the different aspects today, think about how you can put these in place as both a mentor and a mentee. With Supermums, we provide quite a structured mentoring program. So over a six-month journey of somebody being on our Salesforce admin course, the mentor will meet with the mentee once or twice a week They'll undertake a weekly review of practical homework, discuss and support and motivate the trainee and also share their own career experiences. And each week that mentor and mentee, they have to submit a weekly homework record, which means there's a level of accountability and assurance that they've done the homework that they set out to do. Now, this structure is a great example of how you can set up your own mentor-mentee relationship if you do it by yourself. But we provide that structure because it really just set out a way of working. And there's a really clear goal for both the mentor and the mentee. The mentee um, is doing the course because they want to become a newly certified Salesforce administrator and they want to get a, a job at the end of that six-month learning journey so both of them are very aligned in terms of what success looks like and it is um, partly the responsibility of the mentor to check that they understand the different skills that they're learning each week checking that they can actually practically apply that as part of their homework and support them in different ways and as part of their um, sharing their expertise and wisdom, also being conscious of the different learning styles that the mentee might have and tailoring how they mentor them in a way that suits. So I'm going to be talking about learning styles as well as part of the session today. So mentoring is a very rewarding. If you're a mentor, it has many benefits. It can obviously build your own self-esteem, but it can develop your management and your leadership skills. It gives you the opportunity to give back. Um, And it is a rewarding journey when you see actually your mentee achieve the goals that you set out to do. But you can't go into it lighthearted. You know, as I said, we 
put in place a mentoring skills pro- program for any volunteer that joins us because we want to make sure they are mentoring somebody in a, in a really good, positive way. And you can't do that without really consciously knowing and understanding what a mentor's role is equipped with. And so today we're going to be talking about how you can have a great mentoring relationship. So let's go through some of these different aspects um, and think about, okay, how would we set up this structure? So the first thing to think about is what is the role of a mentor? Now, a mentor traditionally shares their own expertise and skills with somebody else. They're quite often volunteers um, and they will volunteer their time to impart that knowledge to others. So you might have a mentor in the workplace. You might find a volunteer mentor through um, an initiative like Supermums, for example. In the Salesforce ecosystem, there's also the Trailblazer Mentorship Programme. And so the role of the mentor is to support somebody. So as a mentee, you want to be really clear with the mentor what advice that you want to get from this. What is, you know, what are you wanting them to impart knowledge? So think about very intuitive questions because the mentor wants to help you and they want to know what you want to know in advance. So you want to make sure that there's a, you know, the mentor is well placed to help you achieve your end goals and has the right expertise. So for example, on our Supermums programme, we will only take on volunteers who've had at least two years experience, practical experience as a Salesforce admin, because we want to know, we want to make sure that they're confident enough and skilled enough in order to be a great mentor to a mentee who needs that skill set. So think about that match. As I say, there's lots of development opportunities to mentor mentoring skills is a great asset to have as a leader and as a manager and as a peer colleague because you always want to be helping other people and the characteristics of a mentor very much take different forms but they would be enthusiastic they would be positive they would be supportive they'd be empathetic really helping people through that journey and being patient with people when they might not get it first time And maybe some of the reasons why they're not getting it first time is because perhaps it needs to be delivered in a different type of learning style. So it's also being aware of that and being informed and knowledgeable. So as I say, we'll come on to learning styles in a moment. It's also about appropriate and inappropriate behaviour. Now, if you are a mentee and a mentor as part of a larger programme, there is some support for you there, because if there's any issues, you can escalate it to the Um, a manager or program manager or volunteer manager and that can provide a safeguarding situation and that you can call on support where needed and so if you have an informal mentee or mentee relationship and you strike it up on your own then obviously you can't escalate that but also just be aware and conscious about what is appropriate and inappropriate I've talked about the characteristics of a mentor so that's what you'd want to see and feel but at any point you felt threatened or um, that, you know, they were being negative or not supportive, then, you know, being aware of being able to step away is really important or escalate it to somebody if needed. That is really important because you want to get a really positive outcome out of this type of relationship. And people should obviously align with ethical standards. Now, ethics is personal to each of us as well. So one of those things to perhaps sense check um, when you meet your mentor or mentee for the first time to do a chemistry check is to make sure that you've got the same values and the same approach to life and to have maybe not a conversation so much about the technical stuff but also just about what's important to you in life in general and get to know each other so you can understand that you share the the same um, ethical code of conduct because again there potentially could be a clash if that's not right so 
don't be afraid of having that first conversation, getting to know each other, sensing if there's a chemistry there. And if there isn't for any reason, being confident enough to step away and saying, actually, I don't think it's quite the right fit. Because you want this to be a really positive, enthusiastic, meaningful relationship. And it requires a good relationship and good chemistry to have that. So, you know, be honest and open about that. Get a sense. I think, you know, quite often we'll meet people the first time and you'll hit it off or maybe you won't. And so, you know, as I say, just be aware of that and listen to, you know, what your mind is, is telling you. So once you've found the great match, then obviously you can move forward to developing the relationship as you go forward. So when you develop the relationship, you want to agree clear goals and outcomes. As I've mentioned with supermums, the main goal um, is to help somebody achieve their Salesforce administration uh, certification and also get a job opportunity at the end. But there's lots of mini goals that build up to that. So each week there's a very tangible homework exercise and the mentor is tasked with helping oversee and checking that they've done it properly. So there's lots of stage goals that build up to the big picture so whenever you're creating any mentoring relationship make sure that you've got a large goal that you're working towards but then also break that down into tangible goals and outcomes that you can continue to work towards as you go through understand the different learning styles as I say we will talk about this in a moment as it's a section in its own right but make sure you accommodate for that because as a mentor you'll have a preferred learning style and so if you deliver in a style that suits you, you might completely get it wrong for the mentee and they may still not understand it because you're not delivering it in a way that they understand. So it's a really great exercise to learn. It's something that you would take back into your workplace, back into teaching your kids. Um, It has lots of applications in life, you know, whether it's your colleagues, your clients, your workplace. So I'm going to cover that off and then create a plan. So you've got these goals, you've talked about the outcomes, you create a plan of what you want to cover week on week with clear, smart goals and work through it. As I say, accountability is key. You want somebody to, if you've had a great conversation, you've talked about X, Y, Z, you put it in the diary, you then want to set the next meeting and know what you're working towards. Along the way, there might be barriers and it's important to recognise these barriers. And again, talk about those up front if there's anything that might come up to prevent that plan from happening in the way. So be open and honest about things. Think about how you might handle those barriers. And I'm going to talk a little bit about coaching as part of this journey, because we also like to train our mentors in some coaching skills. And this is a different skill set to being a mentor. So quite often coaching skills can be very helpful for helping people overcome their barriers and handling those barriers where they're feeling low in confidence, fearful, um, worried. Um, You know, that will be part of the journey. People go through this life cycle when they're learning something new and they'll probably idolize the mentor a little bit and go, oh, my gosh, you know so much. Will I ever be like you? Um, You know, you want it to be a positive relationship, but some of that stuff will be going through their head. They'll be like, you know, thinking this person is amazing um, and that might intimidate them. So talk about that, handle those barriers and also assess any risks. So that's the element to think about in terms of developing the relationship. Moving forward into that mentoring 
process there's various skills you want to apply and this is where coaching skills really come in useful now a mentor can jump in and just impart all their knowledge and advice which is definitely you know it's one approach but it's not the most effective approach for a mentor a mentor should be very good at listening and also effective questioning and these are the coaching skills that i believe a mentor should have So rather than just imparting advice, they should be listening to the person, they should be questioning them, they should be getting them to come out with the answers rather than necessarily telling them everything. A bit like if you were teaching somebody in the classroom, it's learning that teaching style that isn't just about imparting all your knowledge, but it's about helping them figure it out for themselves a little bit as well. And and as I say, understanding their situation and their Um, levels of questions in more detail and I have been at the receiving end of meeting a mentor for the first time where they literally downloaded their advice but actually hadn't spent much time thinking or asking about my situation so some of it didn't feel that relevant and you kind of come away thinking I've just been talked out for an hour but I haven't really got where I want to be so effective listening questioning really important action planning essential because otherwise you can just feel like you've had a great conversation but then you've come away with no clear actions um, and no tangible moving forward and that's not productive either you don't want just a general chit chat you want something that has momentum and clear outcomes and also be open to asking for feedback from each other As a mentor, if you've just done a session with a mentee, ask them at the end, well, how was that session for you today? Is there anything that I could do differently? Um, You know, leave it open for them to give you some constructive feedback and maybe positive feedback, hopefully, too. Um, So have those sorts of conversations. And as a mentee, you could also say, you know, how could I be a better mentee? Is there anything that we could do differently? So have a 360 degree feedback session. The next sort of element is the the providing the guidance versus advice. As a mentor, you will impart that expertise and advice and that technical knowledge. You know, that's one of the reasons why they want to engage with a mentor as opposed to a straightforward coach is they're looking to somebody who knows more than them and to impart it. So that's where a really a mentor is important. As I say, you choose a mentor that is very aligned with what you're wanting to know. But alongside that, you will be in a situation where that person will be on this learning journey and will be going through a learning dip where they're really excited and then they feel really low because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get this. You know, can I do this? And so as a mentor, you have to handle those emotions because as you're imparting all this advice to them, they are going to go through a learning dip where their energy and uh their aptitude to learn and sort of how confident they are will take a dip so you need to manage that and you need to get them over that dip and up the other side now at any point on that journey if there's any conflict or difficult situations that that mentee is facing you also need to think about how you can support them through that now something that's important to recognize is your mentee might be going through things in their personal life and things that are outside of your um, responsibility in a nice enough way and so don't be afraid to recommend that somebody get extra support like counseling or a more intense coaching situation if you think they need something else don't try and take it all on your shoulders Um, and if you're on a a part of a mentoring program, for example, we would expect our mentors to escalate a situation to as if they felt a mentee was really struggling, particularly maybe with their mental health or 
um, obligations at home um, because we don't want somebody going through that journey. As I say, that's quite often perhaps beyond the mentor's um, duties, if you like, to to support that person. And, and if people are going through something really emotional, sometimes it can be very hard for them to get their brain into learning and developing because if you look at the Maslow hierarchy of needs, some of their basic needs aren't being met and so they're not in a position to learn so they might not be moving forward with that because they need to address other things so being aware of that is a mentor's skill and knowing how to manage that situation in the best way by escalating it referring them to other people is something that i definitely take on board and as you work through and you've given all this imparting knowledge, the final point of this is really to monitor progress and to really document the journey that you're going on. It's really good to write up a summary of the mentoring relationship and to share that with each other. So you've got that record of what you've done, what your tasks are, what your actions are, what your outcomes are. One that gives a great sense of clarity between both of you and accountability, but also as you've worked through it, it's great to tick off the things you've done. So a mentor can say, brilliant, well done, you've achieved X, Y, Z this week. And the mentee can glow in that pride and feel it. So writing things down makes things really powerful. And on our Supermums programme, we get people to create homework records each week because we want to keep them on track. They're accountable to us as well because we want to make sure that people are progressing through the programme. And it gives them that level of accountability. And we also do an evaluation form. So again, evaluation is really important, like an overall reflection of how the programme ran um, and that feedback can then go back to the volunteer um, to help them tailor their, their process going forward so those two things are really important now picking up on the coaching aspect you know a mentor isn't necessarily going to be a full-blown coach so you know a mentor can learn coaching skills you can do short courses cheaper courses on our mentoring program we give access to our coaching skills course for mentors and you know it's worth having those coaching tools in your toolbox so you don't need to go out and pay three and a half grand for a coaching program to be a great mentor um, it's worth looking at some short ones. But if you're like me and you've got the book, you know, initially I did a, a short course at a university on business coaching skills. Um, I got the book from that. And then I went on and did an NLP coaching certification, which was over three and a half grand and three weeks long. And, you know, I loved it. And that, that you know, can really carve out potentially a new career. But think about the coaching skills that you can just learn, as I say, through perhaps more uh, cost effective ways um, and embed them in your mentor situation nobody's expecting you as a mentor to be a qualified professional coach most coaches are you know, experts in their industry they charge for their services it is a professional discipline um, that you know is very you know very powerful but a coach's role isn't to impart advice a coach's role specializes in motivational skills and it's that motivational aspect and why I believe coaching is an important ingredient to being a great mentor because as a mentor you can impart your personal and professional experience you can give that great advice but you're also in a position where you want to be motivating people helping them overcome their barriers learn in the best way um, and so as I say check those out we have a coaching course at supermums that you're welcome to look up at supermums.org so if you are interested in being a mentor 
in the tech industry and learning coaching skills, then you can check out our coaching skills course. So let's talk about learning styles. I've talked about this quite a bit at different points. So let's get here. So we've got this great little test that you can do at the end of this session. We've put that in the podcast notes um, and you can use that for any person you work with. You can do it for yourself or if you've got a mentee, you could get them to do it. And that will help identify what type of learning style that that person might be. So you could be a visual learner. And that means you learn by seeing and visualizing things. So you prefer pictures, diagrams, graphs, maps, slides, dashboards, videos. Quite often a visual learner will be a fast talker. They'll use words and phrases that evoke visual images. So that's me. (laughs) But you can be one or more of these things. So there's another one in there. Um, So visuals need to see things. um, You know, they're not into text heavy kind of learning. Then you've got auditory. So they learn by hearing and verbalizing information. So they prefer to read out loud. They prefer verbal instructions. They prefer discussions and videos. So they'll really value those conversations you have as a mentor. They'll like podcasts, music, uh, and they'll say spoken direction. Typically, they're slower speakers, they're natural listeners, and they prefer explanations over reading text. So you wouldn't want to send somebody in that learning style um, a a textbook to learn from. You know, they're not really going to be there. They'd much rather be in a classroom listening and absorbing things. Um, But then you have got those that are read, write, um, and they want to learn by reading and writing. So they prefer books, text, dictionaries, note taking, and they prefer the written text. And then the final one is kinesthetic and they learn by doing their hands on. So if I look at a contrast here, say you were trying to teach somebody how to do something that they weren't necessarily getting. Somebody who's visual, you, the mentor, might do a a visual, a demonstration of how to do it for that person, which is great for somebody who's visual. But for a kinesthetic person, A mentor would be better saying, right, you do this and I'm going to talk you through it and getting the person to be hands on walking through what they're doing as as the mentor kind of takes them step by step. So a kinesthetic learner likes to touch, move, do things um, and get their hands dirty because it helps them learn and understand it. They'll be less excited about having a demo. So they tend to be the slowest talkers of all. They're slow to decide, do and solve. Um, and they prefer hands-on learning through trial and error. Kinesthetic people might actually not, probably the ones that may not ask for a mentor because they're completely convinced that they're going to work it out themselves and they'll spend hours kind of figuring it out rather than potentially ask for help. Um, and so giving them the opportunity, as I say, for, for a mentor to kind of talk through a mentee how to do it is what a kinesthetic learner would like. Somebody who's read and write, you might want to send them the trailhead to do or some additional reading because they'll like that or focus on false resources. You know, they're that kind of person. Whereas auditory, you'd want to chat it through with them. You'd like, you know, properly talk through step-by-step instructions, maybe do a video for them and send it to them so they can watch it over and over again. Um, You know, so you can think about those different things. So we've got a great little test, as I say, we'll put in the uh, podcast notes. It's a 10 minute minute test, but you can use it now and in the future for any sort of situation you're in. So just to wrap up, really, being a mentor can be a great opportunity, but it needs thought, 
structure, a plan um, and a framework to really make it go right. So think about an access training on how to be a great mentor. If you're a mentee or you're lo- you want to be a mentee, think about what you really want to get out of this mentoring relationship. Tell them what your preferred learning style is. Think through how you want the relationship to work. Do you want to meet with somebody weekly or fortnightly or monthly? You know, think about what is going on in your life and what would work for you. So both of you come to this with some clear expectations, a clear program and format of how to get the most out of it and with that you will get the power of mentoring and as a mum on cloud nine I've certainly been very supported through having different mentors at different points in my life it's helped me get the right advice I need at the right time which has given me the confidence the support and structure to move forward and I continually look for people who I can get that advice from as and when I need it so don't sit there wishing you had this go out and find a mentor in an area that you need today that will help you move forward if you don't know about something you need some advice and guidance it's a no-brainer like anybody can go and find a mentor if they really want to obviously if it's part of a structured program like it is at supermums it's easier because you don't need to go up to somebody and say will you be my mentor you get matched with one um but you know put it out there if you're in a user group or in a, a an industry network you know ask and say I'm looking for a mentor who can do xyz and see who comes on your doorstep you never know so don't be scared to ask for a mentor I believe it is a really powerful tool to help motivate and support you to be successful so I hope you enjoyed that today if you're interested in being a mentor for supermums at all you can visit our supermums.org website and find out more there and if you're interested in getting involved as a mentee or having um, in that relationship then of course you can think about supermums but otherwise I encourage you to go out there and find something that suits your industry your skills and where you're at right now so good luck Um, I look forward to seeing you next week speak to you soon take care bye Mums on Cloud9 is kindly sponsored by RB in partnership with Emperor.